Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I really hope that you are enjoying this new season as we dive into so many different pain points that we have related to prayer. Today, I wanted to talk about what to do when you feel like God is saying no to something that you've been praying for. And this is going to be actually a really long episode. We have shared this on the blog, but the information was so important that we wanted to have it here, have it be something that you can listen to. So if you really enjoy this, go check out the link to the blog post to reference more of the verses. For now, I hope that you just enjoy having this spoken over you. And um, I hope that the Lord will bring something to your mind in it that will spark like, okay, this is true for this answered prayer or this unanswered prayer that I'm dealing with in my life. Um, Because this is important. This is really important that we understand why God says no. And when I say understand, I don't mean, you know, like we're going to fully get it. But we need to understand that this is not a character flaw of God. This is not a reason to turn away from Him. And this is not something that should be the place where our faith lays down to die. This should be the place where our faith has an opportunity to grow, where we can glorify Him more as we respond to Him when we didn't get the thing that we wanted. And that can speak volumes to the Lord, and that can transform our faith. So we're going to walk through just a couple of different things, um, specifically two different categories of things to examine when it comes to getting a no from the Lord. So the first category is going to be things that we need to examine about our own hearts with the Lord, because there are reasons that we are going to get a no based on the heart that we are bringing to our prayers. I think it's really easy to assume that This is all God's fault or all our fault, and that's just not the case. We have to manage this tension that we have a responsibility in the way that we pray, but ultimately God is sovereign. And so the second section is wrestling with what do I need to accept about this reality? So we're going to dive in and just so you guys know, I did a lot of research through scripture about this. I also studied from a couple of different um, sources. So I have all that linked in the blog. But just so you know, um, that is where a lot of this is coming from. Um, so I hope it is really encouraging. And like I said, I do hope that something in this will you will hear it and you will you will feel like a little prick of just this is this is what I'm wrestling with right now. Um, so here we go. So this first section reasons to examine with the Lord. I do want to give a little caveat because I think as I share these things, it will be really easy to like get us to run through this Rolodex of reasons why we might not get an answer prayer from God. And it might have us wanting to like clean up our prayers just so we get a good response from him. And that's not the goal. My heart with this part is that we will become aware if there are any heart issues or root problems that we may not be recognizing as we pray. So think of it with that mindset. Definitely don't come with this like, 
I need to write this down so I can get a yes from God at some point. But think about what heart issues might be um, inspiring prayers that are not glorifying to the Lord. Okay, number one, not having fellowship with the Lord. And this is basically just saying that if we do not have a relationship with the Father, this prayer conversation isn't something that we can have. This is for the believer, and this is for the person who is following after the Lord and has given his life to them to him to reign. And if you feel like maybe prayer is this thing where you know, we'll, I'll throw up a prayer. I'll think a good thought. And this is kind of just like a, a blanket. Like, let me just cover my basis. That is not something that's going to result from the Lord hearing your prayers and responding to your prayers. So with each of these points, I have some verses and you can, like I said, you can um, visit the blog, bomberypaper.com backslash blog. And um, we'll have it in the show notes as well. But you can reference all these verses if you want to like see more. Um, but for this one, we have John 15, 7, which says, If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And I do just want to give a caveat with that. That verse, we can take so far in a different direction. I have an entire chapter that talks about this um, in my book, Pray Confidently and Consistently. We dive in at length about this because this is a verse that's very misunderstood, and I kind of talk about it in the full context of John. So if that's something that you hear that and you're thinking you know, that it's confusing or you're not understanding why that's in the Bible and God says no, definitely check out the book and, um, and, and check out that chapter specifically. Okay, number two, harboring sin and unforgiveness. This is one of those points that I think we kind of like want to not address because it's it's seems so harsh. But scripture is really clear that when we harbor sin in our hearts, God does not hear us. And it has a powerful sin specifically has a powerful way of hindering our fellowship with God. And this doesn't mean that our salvation is gone and you know big things like that, but our fellow our fellowship and our communion with the Lord is hindered by our sinful nature and our consistency to sin. And specifically, we actually talk about this and pray confidently and consistently too. But that might cause fear to feel like if I have any sin, I'm not going to be able to talk to the Lord. But in Psalm 66, it references sins that we cherish, that we hold on to, that we love, not the things where we accidentally, you know, things happen. Um, so, so don't get paralyzed by that. Don't overthink it, but just know that this might be something that is hindering your prayers. And this is why it's so important that confession is a part of our prayers. And I think it's one of those aspects that we often forget. And, um, but I do think it's really important that we keep coming back to the Lord and sharing with him the things that we know are sinful and causing, um, just this break in communication with him. So the verses for this are Psalm 66, 18, which says, If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Also Matthew 6, 14 through 15, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others and their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And I do want to talk about this part with unforgiveness because I, I kind of 
hit hard on harboring sin, but also us having unforgiveness in our hearts towards others can be something that is blocking our prayers. Okay, number three, not walking in obedience. Now, this one is similar to number two, but it's just a reminder that there might be things that maybe it's not that you are actively sinning and um, harboring things in your heart, but it might be things that God has called you to, He has prompted you to do, and you are not doing it. Um, I think of the rich young ruler, like the Lord called, or Jesus called him, and for him, that thing that he was calling him to, that was disobedience for him to not follow. So just take some time to think about that. What is the Lord calling you to do that you might be refusing to do? And I don't want you to fear this question. This doesn't have to be a scary thing. Just be open to the Lord um, and be aware that we want to be walking in obedience to him. Okay, the verses for this are, we have quite a few, Proverbs 28, 9, it says, if one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Isaiah 66, 2b says, but this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Proverbs 15, 29 says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. And 1 Peter 3.12 says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Okay, number four is lacking faith. Do we actually believe what we are praying for? Do we actually believe that God can do what we're asking him to do? Or are we just kind of like throwing wishes out there into the air just to see what will work? If if you feel like, okay, this is has been a struggle for me, don't beat yourself up. This is an opportunity for you to pray. Ask the Lord to increase your faith. He did this with the disciples. The disciples literally said, Lord, increase my faith. And and they requested that because they knew that God was the only one who can change their hearts. This doesn't mean that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we know like what God, that God will give us what we're praying for. But what it does mean is that we understand who he is and what he is capable of. James 1, 6 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Okay, number five is going to seem a little, I don't want to say laughable, but forgetting to actually ask. It is possible that we have thought about a prayer request. We have talked to every single one of our friends about it. We've worried about it, but we haven't actually prayed about it. And James 4, 2 says, you desire and you and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Okay, number six is going against God's will. Am I asking for things that actually contradict with God's will? The Bible talks often of praying in Jesus' name, and this isn't like some just cute little tagline or salutation that we add to the end of a prayer. This is praying in agreement with Jesus. Some things that we pray for are vague and 
it's they're not like in the Bible verbatim. So don't get spun up in this of like, okay, if it's not written in the Bible, I can't pray for this. But look to his word, see what it says. There's a lot of basic things in there that are going to guide us in what we know to pray for. And if if there if you are praying things that you know are outside of God's will, do not expect him to answer you with a yes. And this again, this comes back to the idea that if we are putting expectations on the Lord that are not according to what we know to be true of him, we will be disappointed in prayer and we will potentially lose our prayer lives because we we just give up. We think if he didn't answer that, why is he going to answer the next thing? That can't be our attitude. We have to look at this and really ask ourselves, am I praying something that is going against God's will? First John 5, 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. John 14, 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. And this is something I don't think I have this in my notes going forward. Actually, I do. And we're going to cover it. But I do want you to notice just that part that the Father may be glorified. This is one of the ultimate things that we need to know about why God answers our prayers. So we'll get to there in a second though. Okay, number seven, having wrong or selfish motives. Is what we are praying for right now, is the thing that God said no to, is it a selfish motive? Is it for show? Is it for your own glory instead of the Lord's? It's really easy to pray for God to take away all of our pain, but what if instead we prayed based on what God actually has promised us? Some things like that, like if if we are praying for that, we see that in scripture, God did not take away every single pain. We see that Paul had a thorn in his side that lasted, and for some reason he, he prayed for that a lot, but the Lord did not take that away. So we have to trust that whatever those things are, God has a purpose for them. And we do want to pray with right motives. What are the things that are driving our prayers? Do we want to move into a new house because we just want our friends to, you know, think better of us? What's our motive? Is it for God's glory or is it for our own? And this is something, again, we're going to have to wrestle with this in prayer with the Lord because, you know, there, there are a lot of things that are not just laid out in the Bible of this is selfish, this is not. It can be different for different people based on our hearts. So go to the Lord and God in prayer about this. If you're thinking, I don't know if I have selfish motives, ask him, pray about it. Show, you know, if you have your prayer journal, go to him with the list and say, is there anything on this list that doesn't need to be here? And just pray that 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 will be fleshed out, whether it's in conversations with friends who are wise and can give you good counsel, or if it's in prayer, if it's in um, reading your Bible, allow the Lord to help you with this. Don't get overwhelmed feeling like you have to figure this all out on your own. Matthew 6, 5 says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Number eight, ignoring the poor and needy. God has commanded us to take care of the poor and needy. Are we praying so earnestly for our own needs while completely ignoring the poor and needy around us? 
this is tough. This is another one of those that just feels so like textbook formulaic and, you know, but I think instead it speaks to our hearts. It speaks to the things that we care about. Are we so consumed with our own needs and our own own life and we can't even see what the Lord is doing or what the Lord is calling us to do in, in, in the lives of those who are needy around us? Proverbs 21, 13 says, whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. Number nine, treating your spouse badly. This one, like ignoring the poor, just feels so formulaic as well. But guys, I, I trust God's word. I trust that what is in there is true. And um, I do believe that the Lord has this point here for a reason. I think they truly do reveal our hearts and the things that we care most about. We can't pretend to be nice to our husband and throw a few bucks at a charity. God knows our heart and our motives, and He can change them. Again, I really want you to feel hope when you hear this, because if you feel like that maybe you are coming with different motives, allow the Lord to change Him. And this is why when we talk about prayer, it's not what we are going to get from prayer. It is God's presence that changes everything in our life. So sit with him, sit with him in that overwhelm, even if you feel like just overwhelmed by this and let him, let his presence change you the same way. You know, if we spend time, a lot of time, you hear the quote all the time about the five people in your life or, you know, the five friends, the five people in your life that you spend the most time with are going to basically be influenced so much of who you are. What if, what if the number one person was God that could transform our lives? So again, you guys know, I love prayer and this is why we have this podcast and our shop and everything, but this is important. And this, this can transform our lives as we draw closer to the Lord. Okay. Number 10 is giving up too soon. Has God said no, or have you just grown grown tired of praying for this and decided that he doesn't care about this anymore? Often we can feel like we got to know, and maybe it's just a wait. And in that wait, we feel like this is not worth it anymore. I'm going to basically just assume that he doesn't care. He either doesn't care or he's not capable of this. And we need to just remember God's truth in light of this. And I have no idea. I, I know I've heard stories of people who said like they can feel like the moment they felt the Lord say like, stop praying for this. And that can be true in your situation. But if it's not, keep praying. And if you're weary, I always suggest like maybe taking a break from praying for something for 30 days and asking a few friends if they can pray for you instead. That way the prayer is still going up to the Lord and it is still being prayed, but you might just need like a little break from that. And that is understandable. We can grow weary, but I really, I don't want you to give up for long. I like, I don't want that to be like a permanent thing because we can lose a lot of hope in that. Keep going. First Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18. This is the verse that is on every single one of our composed journals that we have had for the last 10 years. So hundred thousand of them that it says, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If this was the only thing, the only reason we needed to pray, it's because scripture tells us pray continually. 
Like we think about kids and how we can say, because I said so, like, just listen to me. Like I, I gave you an instruction, just do it. Here's your instruction from the Lord. Just pray. He's telling you, keep praying, pray continually. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And this is talking about actually like, you know, doing something, but I do believe this, this shares the heart of God's desire for us to not grow weary whenever we are doing something that he's called us to do. So if he has called you to pray, keep praying for that thing and ask him, it might be time to just say, Lord, do you want me to stop praying for this? And again, I'm going to be praying for us at the end to just pray that we, these things will be clear to us, that he will make it clear to us. Um, if there are any of these that are just like kind of confusing and not sure if it applies, I do pray that the Lord would, would bring us, um, lots of clarity with that. Last verse for that is Luke 18, one. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And I love this. This is the story of the widow who knocks on the door of the, um, I don't know if it's the king or like the ruler, um, whoever, somebody who is in charge basically. And I just love that this parable, he tells them exactly why he's sharing it. So I can read the parable for you, but this is what I want you to take away is that he is telling this story so that they know to always pray and to not give up. Okay, guys, we're going to dive next into reasons to accept with the Lord. This idea of acceptance has come up often in my life lately, and it just keeps shaking out that the idea of acceptance brings peace to our life. And um, one poem that I want to share from Amy Carmichael or a little section of it um, has really been helpful to me, and I hope it's helpful to you. She said, He said, I will accept the breaking sorrow, which God tomorrow will to his son explain. Then did the turmoil deep within me cease, not vain the word, not vain, for in acceptance lieth peace. As we talk about this second section of reasons God may say no, I pray that we will accept them. I pray that we will also experience the peace that comes when we accept. So if you've gone through like the first section and you just feel like, okay, I'm, you know, like, I feel like I have prayed this from a, um, a pure, pure motives and, you know, you've just kind of thought about these things. Now I want you to look at these of like, what do we need to accept that this is God has something better for you. So we're going to go through these and you might notice that there's some overlap in them, but I wanted to keep them all in just in case there's like an aha moment with one of them just because of the wording. So, um, so yeah, you might see that. And that is why I'm kind of keeping them all in here. Number one is for God's glory. And I talked about this a little earlier, but that is the tweet. That's it. Prayer answered prayer is for God's glory. I don't know why a no may bring more glory to God than a yes in your current situation. And that is hard to say when we are praying for hard, hard things. I have no idea. So if, if you know, we, we see like we've gone through the other things, if you know that you have been faithful in praying for something and it doesn't make sense, I pray that this is comforting 
I know that it's not on the surface, but I pray that the Lord would, His Holy Spirit would comfort us in this as we understand this. Um, but this is one that I have to go to a lot. And I did a deep dive on prayer in the Bible um, before I wrote my book, Pray Confidently and Consistently, and looked at every instance of prayer in the Bible. And there's some really cool stories um, about how instances where we they talk about God, um, prayer bringing glory to the Lord. Okay, so John 14, 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, and the Father may be glorified, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you do have Pray Confidently and Consistently, that page that has like, or there's two pages that have tons of verses that talk about this. It's page 43 and 44. And I just hope that that's encouraging you to you as you see that, because this is this is just one of the biggest things that biggest takeaways that I had as I read through the Bible was how often it talked about prayer for God's glory. Okay, number two, for the sake of others. And I feel like I'm beating a dead horse talking about this my book Pray, Pray Confidently and Consistently and referencing it, but it does hold. So many of the things that I, as I wrote it, I was writing it with the people in mind that I've talked to over the last 10 years and the struggles that we face. So it was, it's a book that addresses all of the struggles and the obstacles that we face in prayer. So that's why you're seeing it referenced so much this episode. Um, but in it, I shared the story of Lazarus dying and Jesus raising him from the dead and just talking about how Mar Mary and Martha um, must have felt when their brother died, knowing that Jesus could have healed them. The verses that lead up to this like heartbreak made it clear that Jesus's purpose, the verses that kind of lead up to this heartbreak actually reference why Jesus waited. In the book I wrote, how would our prayers change if we remembered that the loving God who seems to be late has the full picture of humanity in mind and our momentary pain may mean eternal redemption for someone else who is a witness to it. I imagine Mar Mary and Martha jokingly bumping Jesus after he raised Lazarus saying, how could you put us through that? All while big things were happening in the lives of others. John 11, four says, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. John 11, 14 through 15 says, then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. John 11, 45 says, many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary had seen what he did, believed in him. This is it. You just see this story and you see how God did something for the sake of others. Yes, it caused momentary pain for Mary and Martha and like tragic pain. Like they thought their brother had died. This is hard. And, and we, we even see in the story, Jesus's own emotion in it. And he reminds us that he feels those things too. And he is comforting us with that comfort. But to, I, I guess I want you to see how this played out in a full story in the Bible, because I do think it's beautiful as we think about Whatever you're going through right now, whatever you feel like God said no, uh, no to in your life, um, we get to know. We get to know that the Lord is doing something big 
around us and through it. And that doesn't take away our pain. And that's why that's why we need prayer. That's why we need time with God because he is our great comforter, even as we have to walk through those things. Okay, number three, for something better. What looks like a no may be because something better is coming and we just don't see it yet. I've seen this in my own life. And now that I'm married to Tyler, I definitely see it. I remember so many times through dateless years for so long, I joke about this in different books that I've written, but I had beautiful roommates who had dates all the time in college. And, you know, when one relationship would end, another would, would start. And I sat dateless for four years and that was hard. And it was hard the years that followed and it was hard in high school. But I, I do remember feeling like God had forgotten me. He had forgotten me in those seasons and I couldn't understand it. And as I look back now, and I even think about the guys that maybe I'm would have thought I could marry. And now I see my own husband. I see that God had something better for me. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that he didn't listen to my whines, that he didn't, that I didn't convince him that I knew better. And if you are praying for something and feeling like this is the best thing, I don't know why God, like, why wouldn't you want me to have this rest in the fact that God might have something better for you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within, within us. Number four, because it's not good for us like we think it is. God's definition, God's understanding is different from our own. What looks good to us may not be part of God's plan. Tim Keller said, God will either give us what we ask for in prayer or give us what we would have asked for if we knew everything that he knows. I'm going to say that again because it's so good. And it's a quote that I think of uh, often whenever I think of unanswered prayers. God will either give us what we ask for in prayer or give us what we would have asked for if we knew everything that he knows. And this is, this is interesting. I have shared this story before, but whenever I started Valmary Paper, I was, my journal was full of prayers for my stationary business. I was creating this journal for myself, going to make it and share it with a few people just to like, honestly pay, pay for the cost of having to order a certain amount with my printer. And I, my, my journals are filled with prayers of Lord, why are, why is this not succeeding? I thought you wanted me to do this stationary business. What's going on? Like, if you want me to do this, send me customers. And it's interesting now to look back on that and to see that what I thought was good was not what he was calling me to. He was calling me to something so much greater than I could have. I could have never planned this for myself. And I'm so thankful again, that he does not bend to my, to my prayers whenever they are not, when, when he has something so much better planned instead. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. 
Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And this can be your prayer. Say, God, help me understand this or help me to truly understand what it means to not lean on my own understanding. Because I know I said, pray that I understand this, but that that's hard. That's we we might just need to rest in that. And that's part of faith, knowing that I may not fully understand this, but I trust that you do. So help me to not make decisions based on what the way I understand this. Number five, because God is protecting us. You've likely heard stories, and I think about this with the World Trade Center on 9-11, but there were so many stories of people who escaped death because of things that looked like maybe unanswered prayers. They might have missed the subway. They were on their way to work, and they were probably upset that that happened. They might have had a sick kid that meant that they stayed home from, from work. And these are big examples, but it, they've stuck out in my mind as things um, that maybe God is protecting you from something that your yes would result in. So like if you got a yes to that prayer, what would what would be the result of that? And I think about this again, going back to the dating relationships, I feel like God protected me in a lot of ways. He even protected me from like not being popular in high school. Um, I think I would have made a lot more decisions that I would not have wanted to make if I had been. And that was something that at the time just felt like a bummer, but it was God's protection. And I can see that now in a lot of ways. Psalm 121, seven says, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Psalm 91, 10 says, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Number six, for more intimacy with himself. I'm learning this through my own struggles with health that often it is the very thing that is going to draw me closer to God. It is the weakness that makes me desperate for more time with him. And so often we can have seasons in our life where everything seems to be going well and we basically get disconnected from the Lord because we don't feel like we need him as much. And going back to pray confidently and consistently, we have a chapter on this in the book. We have a chapter on how the good seasons in our life can actually be an obstacle to our prayer life and how how we can work through that, how we can enjoy the mountain while also enjoying it with him. And I think that this is something that um, it's just important to to recognize that like if if I know that the result of my healing would be pride and growing distant from the Lord. I don't want to choose it. I can't choose it. I can't. That is not. I don't want anything that is going to take me away from him. And those are hard words to say because, you know, you kind of feel like you're putting your hands in a scary position, just opening them up um, over the pits of hell. And I don't think that's it at all. I think we're opening up our hands. We're surrendering to the Lord who is who is so kind and gracious and loving to us. Sub, um, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 says, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in, in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me and to keep me from becoming conceited. 
Romans 1.25 says, Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. As you look at this list, I really do pray that you find hope. I pray that God sparks a thought that helps you see things from another perspective. When we see God not answer a prayer the way we hope he would, it's so easy to see him as unloving, incapable, just distant and like un unbothered by what's going on in our life. And that's not the case. That is our enemy who wants to take every hardship that you have in your life and let it be something that tears you away from him. He will use it all. He will use the good stuff. He will use the mountains and he will use the hard times. Don't let it happen. Keep going to God. Place your hope in him as he as you maybe feel like your life is wrecked right now from a no, I do pray that you will sink into him more and more. Don't let it be an obstacle or something that paralyzes you from your time with him. And if it feels too hard to pray, let somebody else pray over you because it is, I have walked with friends in those moments. I have been in those situations where it's been hard to pray because I've had, I've struggled to have the faith um, to, to pray or I've just felt upset with God, let somebody else pray over you. And I'm actually going to pray for us. Um, but I do want to share, if you guys have found this episode helpful, send it to somebody that you know that's struggling with this. This is a topic that can can just, oh, man, it can just make us shrink in our faith and our, in our, our walk with the Lord so much. So if you know somebody going through that, just be a blessing to them and, and share this with them. And now I'm going to, I'm going to just close us in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for this listener right now, Lord. I pray that you would, man, that you would just grab hold of their hearts. I pray that you would wrap your arms around them. I pray that they would feel your presence in such a real way today, God. I pray, Father, that the overwhelming feeling that they walk away with is that you have not abandoned them. You are not unloving. You are not incapable. You are strong. You are powerful. And you love us, God. You are gracious. You sent your son to die for us. Why would you strand, leave us stranded now, God? I pray that you would search our hearts. You would help us to realize the things that are um, holding back our prayer life. I pray that these, as we look at these, these different things, Lord, I pray that they would, that something would jump out and speak to them, that they would see um, that they would find hope in knowing that, Lord, you are a mystery and you will always be a mystery. But Father, you're also able to be known as we read your scripture, as we meet with you in prayer, God. Um, we can understand you and have confidence in praying to you, Lord. I thank you so much for this time. And I pray, Father, that you would draw us near to you, even through the nose, God. I pray that you would get the glory and I pray that we would see um, little glimpses of why, of why things happen. And we know that in many, in many ways we won't see those whys. But if there are any glimpses that you can give um, to my friend listening right now, Lord, I pray that you would do that. And I pray that you would surround them with people who can pray for them, Father, and lift them up in prayer. I pray, Father, that you would give them a vulnerability to ask for prayer when they need it. And Lord, that you would transform their life for you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.
guys, thank you so much for listening. I know this was a super long episode. I hope it was helpful. If it was, please leave a review. That is so helpful for other people to find this. And I just, I get so excited thinking about the person who's just scrolling, looking, looking for something to listen to and maybe even be distracted from the hardships of their life and them finding an episode like this that can um, bring new hope to their life. So thank you so much again. And you guys have a great day.